Welcome to the First Assembly podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's message and find encouragement through the Holy Spirit. Come on. Good morning, everyone. How's everyone doing this morning? Good. Well, my name is Casey. I'm one of the pastors on staff here at First Assembly, and I'm just excited that you chose to come and worship with us this morning on this first Sunday of 2019. Come on, there's no better place to be than in the house of God, eh? Eh? I don't know about you, but I'm excited for 2019. I was uh, sharing with the first service how 2019 is a year for me that I have just made some decisions in my heart and my spirit. It's not like God has spoken this big prophetic word of what he wants to do in the new year in my life, but I've just come to a place in my heart and in my spirit this year where I just really want to go after God in a fresh way and in a new way. And I hope that that's your desire too. I, I believe that God wants to do something fresh in our church. He wants to do something fresh in our city and in our life. And, and I think that it's time for us to declare that we are going to go after God this year like never before. And I think that there's a decision that needs to be made. Sometimes we come to a new year and we just seek the Lord and ask him what he wants to do. But I feel like he wants to do something, but he's waiting for us to say, what are you going to do? He's waiting for us to decide in our hearts and our spirits that we're not going to live life the way we lived it in 2018, but we're actually decide to make some changes to make room for God to do what he wants to do in our lives in 2019. So we're kicking off a series this year that is called Roar. And Pastor Ben shared a little bit. It was kind of an introduction last week where he talked about the roar of God and that now is the time of salvation. And the theme scripture, the anchor scripture for us in this series is out of Hosea 11, chapter 10, or chapter 11, verse 10. And it says this, For someday the people will follow me. I, the Lord, will roar like a lion. And when I roar, my people will return trembling from the west. And I believe that as we go through this series, God is wanting to help us find our voice again. Because your voice matters to God. Your voice matters in the world in 2019. Your voice matters in your workplace, in your school, in your family, in your neighborhood. Your voice matters in prayer. And this morning I want to talk to you about finding your voice in prayer. I believe that God wants to do something this year. That is going to revive your heart like never before. I believe that he wants to bring a revival, but it starts first in our hearts and in our spirits. Before it can ever go out to the community around us. It has to be a year where you set yourself apart to go after the heart of God like never before. So he can do what he's never done in your life before. Jesus said this, he says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And I believe the key to unlocking the roar of God in your life and in my life is to hear the voice of God in prayer. That prayer is essential to hearing God's voice and knowing him intimately. And your voice matters to God because you matter to God. Somebody else's voice doesn't matter to God more than your voice. Your voice is equal importance to God the Father. And he invites us into this place of intimacy and prayer with him. 
And your voice matters because you matter. And he paid a high price when he sent Jesus to die on the cross and be raised from the dead three days later so that you could have intimacy with your creator. You see, prayer is first and foremost about intimacy with God. Prayer is an invitation for us to experience a close friendship with God Almighty. Think about that for a second, friends. I think that we just blaze over that sometimes in my life. I'm like, yeah, God calls me to pray, to talk to him. Yeah, that's cool. No, think about it for a second. The creator of the universe, the one that flung the stars in the sky, that created the heavens and the earth, that created you on purpose, for a purpose, to be alive right now, that knows everything that you're going through, that knows every hair on your head, that knows your name, that knows the requests of your heart before you ever bring them to him. He's calling you to a place of conversation with him. That should blow your mind. That is absolutely amazing. Right? That is so mind-blowing to me. When I was thinking about that, I'm like, holy smokes. Like God Almighty wants to know me deeper and me to know his heart in a greater way. All sorts of people pray. People all over this planet pray. They always have. There's something inside of us that causes this desire to know our creator and to pray. People pray for all sorts of reasons. And I hope that we're not like those Christians that only pray in times of crisis. There's nothing wrong with that. God wants us to come to him in times of need. But I hope that our relationship is deeper than just coming to him with our requests. People pray to all sorts of false idols and false gods, not knowing if if anything is out there, anything actually hears their voice. In prayer, people do all sorts of crazy things, but you and I have an opportunity to step into a relationship through the blood of Jesus Christ with our creator. That should blow your mind right there. Mic drop. It's amazing that God invites us into a relationship. And it's not just relationship, it's friendship with our creator. Like, how many know that you can have relationship with somebody, but not really know them? But Jesus invites us to a friendship. He says, no longer do I call you servants. You are my friends. God invites us into this friendship, this closeness with him. And before the roar of God ever happens in and through your life, you need to come to a place of consecration where you're like, God, I want to know you deeper. I want to know you more. I want to know your heart. Prayer is an intimate, private, and personal conversation with God Almighty through Jesus Christ, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Not only does God hear our voice in prayer, but he actually desires to talk to you. Prayer is not a one-way conversation. It's not a monologue. It's a dialogue. God actually wants to talk to you. And this morning, I believe that God wants us to discover or rediscover our voice in prayer. And the foundation of prayer is not based on what God can do for us. But the foundation in prayer is friendship with God. My fear is, friends, that sometimes we treat God like a genie in a bottle. You know, like we rub the bottle three times, make our requests, click our heels, and poof, miracles happen. 
But I can, can I tell you, friends, you can see miracles in your life. You can cast out demons. You can heal the sick. You can see God raise the dead and not ever know God. And Jesus rebukes that kind of faith. He says, I didn't know you. He wants your heart. He's more interested in your heart than he is interested about doing a miracle through your life. We can ask God to do amazing things. In Corinthians, the Bible says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has planned for those who love him. But he doesn't stop there. He says, but the Spirit reveals them to us. And prayer, when you spend time with Jesus, not just on Sunday, not just during our prayer times, but every day, every step, every moment of your life, you will hear his voice and you will discern what he wants to do in and through your life. Jeremiah 33 verse 3 shows us that God encourages us to ask him to do great and mighty things. It says this, call to me and I will answer you. It's a promise. He doesn't say call to me and sometimes I'll answer you. He didn't say call to me and maybe if you've been good enough or you spent enough time doing the right things, I'll answer you. He just says, call to me. You got to remember when Jeremiah the prophet spoke this to the people of God, it was at a time in Israel's history where they turned their back on God. They rejected God. They were going the opposite way that God had for them. They were stepping outside of the covenant that God had for them. And yet the prophet comes to them and says, call to me and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. And what if, what if those great and mighty things are actually God revealing his heart to us rather than what God can do in our lives? What if calling out to God was actually about pursuing the healer and not the healing? What if our prayer time with God was not about asking him to do all these great and mighty things, but to show us his great and mighty love toward us? And to pursue an intimate place with God the Father in a deep way, in a concentrated way, in a place where we say, I'm holy, I'm set aside, I'm going after you, God. I'm not going to let the things of the world or the complacency draw me away from you anymore. I'm going to set my eyes on Jesus and go after you in 2019 like I've never done before. What if prayer was... More about going after and discovering his heart rather than what he can do for us. Timothy Keller in his book called Prayer, Experiencing Awe and Intimacy with God, he says this, to pray is to accept that we are always, we are and are always, will be wholly dependent on God for everything. So how do we grow in this area of prayer? The Bible says in James, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud. And when when I think about that scripture, I'm like, pride in my life in this area of prayer is where I think I don't need to come to God. But that I got this thing figured out and I just shoot forward in life without actually pursuing the most important thing in life, which is a relationship with Jesus. But when he says, if, if we humble ourselves... 
and come to them. He says he gives us grace. Grace is not just God covering up your sin, but the Bible teaches that grace actually empowers us to live a life fully pleasing to God that we can never do in our own strength. Grace will empower you and open up the doorway to the throne room of God with boldness. You can come to the throne of grace. If we would humble ourselves, second Chronicles chapter seven, verse 14 says this, then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, do you notice what's first? will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from your wicked ways. I will hear from heaven and forgive them their sins and restore their land. When I was thinking about that scripture this morning, I just kind of added that to my message this morning, Second Chronicles, and I was like, man, ooh, that sounds so harsh. If we would turn from our wicked ways. You know, God was speaking to me and he's like, Casey, anything outside of my will is wicked. So it's not like there's maybe these big, terrible, horrible sins in your life. But anytime we have pride and we say, I don't really need God. I don't really need to seek God in this area or in that area. I think I pretty much got this figured out. Anytime we do that, God is saying, turn from your wicked ways, humble yourself, pray, seek my face, and I will heal your broken land. There's nothing more important or more fulfilling than having a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And when we take time to walk with God and to talk to him every day, our relationship and our intimacy and our faith will only grow deeper and stronger. And throughout scripture, we see God inviting people to seek him through prayer. Inviting us to to, to come to him. And you know, the reality is, I feel like every time we respond to that invitation, we have to turn from something else. That when God is calling us to pursue him with our time and our effort and our energies, it might actually require that we need to let something else go. That is consuming our time and our effort and our energies. So that we can go after his heart. So that we can go after him. He invites us into it with us. Philippians 4 verse 6 and 7 says this. Do not be anxious about anything. I wonder if there's anybody in here this morning that are anxious about 2019. Maybe you don't have a job. Maybe there's a health concern. Maybe your finances are in trouble. Maybe it's a relationship. And there's this anxiousness. Jesus tells us not to be anxious about anything, but by prayer, with thanksgiving, by prayer and supplication, make your request to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. You know, when you receive the peace of God through prayer and supplication, when you enter into his presence with thanksgiving in your heart, no matter if it works out or it doesn't work out, you can trust that he's good and that he's got your back and that he's with you and he'll see you through. And when you experience the peace of God, the anxiousness has to go. When you experience the peace of God, everything can be falling uh, down around you. Everything can be falling out around you, but you can stand knowing that God is with you, that Jesus will never leave you or forsake you. I wonder if anybody in the place this morning needs the peace of God. God's invitation 
is wide open. He tells us to talk to him about every circumstance and every situation. He doesn't say, just come to me with the big things, but he says, come to me with the little things. And I wonder if 2019 would be a year where we could declare and make a decision in our hearts that we're going to be open and honest and vulnerable in a place of prayer with God. That we would open our hearts to him. If there's something that frustrates you or made you angry or disappointed you, I wonder if it would be okay for you to come to a place where you're like, God, you know that really, I was disappointed about that. I was angry about that. It hurt when that happened. And just allow him to do whatever he wants to do in your heart in your life, you need to understand that prayer is simply a conversation with God. And as I was preparing, God really dropped this in my heart, and I hope that this speaks to you. Prayer is a conversation that He actually initiated. And sometimes we think that God is, you know, sitting up in the clouds waiting for us to initiate a conversation with him. But prayer is actually not so much about us pursuing him as it is about us actually responding to his pursuit of us. That in prayer, when we turn, when we stop what we're doing or when we include God in our day, it's actually a response to his pursuit of you and me. In your sinfulness, in your brokenness, in your hurtfulness, whatever's going on in your life, in your disappointments, stopping and turning is a response to the invitation that God gives us in his loving pursuit of you and me. And he draws us to this place of prayer. It's important that we understand this. Just this week, preparing for this message, God started to show that to me and it's already transforming the way that I view and approach prayer. It's not actually about me pursuing him. I feel like that's striving to earn God's affection and and to earn his attention when really his attention is already towards me. He says, just stop and respond to the invitation. He pursues us. Jeremiah 31 verse 3 says this, Long ago, the Lord said to Israel, I have loved you, my people. Think about this again, guys. When Jeremiah wrote this, Israel was far from God. Judah was rejecting God. The people of God were not in a place of right relationship with God. But yet God's steadfast love pursued them. And you might be in a place this morning where there's sin in your life, where there's complacency in your life, where there's indifference in your life, where you're just kind of plugging along in your relationship with God. And I want to tell you, friend, that God's love is pursuing you. The very fact that you're here this morning is evidence that the love of God is drawing you to himself. Long ago, the Lord said to Israel, his people, I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love. With unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. Everything the Father does is motivated by his everlasting love for you and me. A love that's perpetual, that's never ending, never stopping, always and forever. It's constantly pursuing. It doesn't run dry. It doesn't run out. Even if you blow it, it doesn't matter. God pursues you. He comes after you. He chases you down. He wants to have a personal, intimate relationship, friendship with you and me. No matter how far we feel like we've gone from God, he's constantly drawing us and calling us back to a place of prayer, conversation with our creator. 
We don't need to pray to get his attention or his affection. We just need to turn our affections towards him. God's presence is always with us, inviting us to respond. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, Jesus is actually speaking to a lukewarm church. Maybe you're here this morning and you feel like that's you, that in your life you feel like you're lukewarm. Oh, sure, you're going to church, or maybe you're going to a community group, or you could even be reading your Bible, but you're not sensing that you're actually in this close, intimate, personal relationship with God and pursuing Him with abandonment in your life and in your heart. The cool thing is Jesus actually invites us in that place. He calls us out in it, but He invites us in that place deeper to pursue Him. And Jesus, when he's speaking to the church in Revelation 3.20, that is lukewarm. He says, you're neither hot or cold. He says, because of that, I'm going to spit you out of your mouth. He says, you say that you are rich and you have everything you want. You say, I don't need a thing. But you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. He says, so I advise you to buy gold from me. Gold that has been purified by fire. And you will be rich and buy white garments from me so that you will not be ashamed by your nakedness and anointment for your eyes so that you will be able to see. I correct and discipline all those that I love. So be diligent to turn from your indifference. There's a decision on our parts where he says, if you're indifferent, if you're complacent, if you're just sitting in a place of complacency, he says, turn from your indifference. And this is the invitation. He says, look, I stand at the door and knock. He doesn't turn his back on us when we're in that place, when we're in difference or complacency. He actually stands at the door of our hearts and patiently waits. He says, I stand at the door of your heart and knock. I wonder if God is knocking on your heart this morning. I wonder if he's calling you to a deeper place in his heart and in his life, in his heart of intimacy. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if you hear my voice this morning, and if you open the door, see how he's constantly pursuing us. He says, if you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Prayer is a response to his invitation to experience intimacy with him. It's not about us pursuing him. We need to make a decision to pursue him, but the reality is it's a response to his pursuit of us. His invitation to us. Isaiah 55, verse 1 says this. Is anyone thirsty? Is anyone thirsty? Is anyone thirsty in this place this morning? Is there a thirst 
in your spirit that's bubbling up? Is there a deeper desire to know God more in your life? Is there a thirst inside of you that says, I don't want 2019 to be the same as it was in 2018? Time is like a vapor. Poof, it's gone. We have today to pursue him. I was talking to a friend of mine on the phone last week and I'm like, how you doing, man? He's like, he just said, you know what? I'm in the same place as I was last January. And it just kind of caught my attention. And I just felt the spirit of God saying to me, Casey, I don't want you to be in the same place in a year from now as you are right now. I want to take you deeper. Anyone who thirsts, the invitation, he says, come and drink. Even if you don't have money, come, take your choice of wine or milk. It's free. It's all free. The invitation, if we're thirsty, is to come to him. He says, why do you spend money on food that does not give you strength? He says, why do you pay for food that does you no good? Listen to me. Listen, friends, this is very real for me in my decision in my heart to go after God this year. This isn't just, I'm not just preaching to you. I'm preaching to me because this week as I've been pursuing God for what he wanted to speak to us, I felt like God was just saying, Casey, I'm calling you to a new place. You know, I'll be honest with you, friends, like my routine throughout the week sometimes just really sucks in actually pursuing God. And I spend my time and my effort, my resources and my energy on things that don't satisfy. When I know in my heart of hearts that actually if I turn my affections towards God, if I spend time with him, there's nothing that compares to his love. There's nothing that compares to his heart. There's nothing that compares to hearing his voice. I've got four young kids and life is busy and we get home and we do dinner and you know, it takes an hour, an hour and a half to get them to bed and by the time I'm done, I'm tired and there's probably two baskets of laundry. And I'm just in a place where like, I just want to turn on Netflix and just zone out and fold laundry. And it might satisfy for a while. But I'm thirsty. My wife was talking to my eight-year-old daughter, Christiana, this week about how there's nothing in this world that will satisfy This is what Isaiah is talking about. Why do you spend where it's not going to give you strength? Why do you buy stuff? Why do you give your resources and your energy and your time to things that will ultimately never satisfy the world, will never satisfy you? And Christiana kind of got it. And she said something along the lines of like, you know, the world might satisfy for a while. And Christiana said, it's kind of like gum. You put gum in your mouth and there's lots of flavor, but eventually it loses its flavor. But listen to what the word says. 
He says, listen to me. Listen to me. He's initiating conversation and prayer with us. He says, listen to me and you will eat what is good and you will enjoy the finest food. He says, come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you will find life. You're not going to find it in the success of the world. You're not even going to find it in relationships that other people can offer you. But if you turn your affections to God and seek him in prayer and seek a friendship with your creator, you will find life. Life. A wonder of 2019 is the year that the church of God in Canada comes alive. He says, come to me. He extends this beautiful invitation to us. He says, come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. And I will give you all the unfailing love that I promised to David. Now listen, David was no hero of the faith. David was an accomplice to murder. David was an adulterer in his heart. David blew it big time. Yet God is saying that he will give you the same love, the same grace, the same mercy of the covenant that he made with David to never leave us, to never forsake us, even in our brokenness, even in our sinfulness, he says, come. And why did David experience that? Because he was a man after God's own heart. We could say he's a man designed after God's own heart, but maybe David was a man that went after God's heart. And then listen to what happens. In verse 4, he says, See how I used him, David, this broken vessel, this imperfect person. He says, See how I used him to display my power among the peoples. I made him a leader among the nations. He says, you also will command nations that you do not know. And people unknowing to you will come running to obey. How will the roar of God come through your life and my life? It's when we respond to his invitation to come to him. That's the only way. And to the degree of your intimacy with God will be to the degree of God's impact and his roar to the world around you. It starts with intimacy. It starts with pursuing his heart. It starts with going after him, with making a decision to turn off Netflix, to pursuing God, to going after his heart. And he says, you will command nations that you do not know. And peoples unknown to you will come running to obey. Because I, the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, have made you glorious. You will shine. You are a light that, is, that cannot be hidden. You are the light of the world, Jesus says. Because he has made you glorious. But you will only experience that when you spend time pursuing the heart of God. Amen? So everybody around this place, just stand up right now. As I was reading Isaiah 55, kind of preparing for this, God just showed me how it linked to 
the scripture in Hosea that I shared with you at the beginning of it. It's our anchor scripture in Hosea 11 verse 10. It says this, for someday the people will follow me. I, the Lord, will roar like a lion. And when I roar, my people will return trembling from the West. Do you see how it starts with this invitation? It moves to this experience of the love of God in a deeper way. And only then will he make you glorious to the world around you. He is in pursuit of you. I heard a saying, a statement by John Piper. He said this, he said, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. I wonder, are you thirsty this morning? Prayer is the most powerful way to experience God. And obviously next week, we're going to provide some ways to come and set some time aside to seek his face and the empower conference. That's another time. It's, it's amazing what God does where when we stop the busyness of life and we turn our affections towards him, that's what the empower conference is all about. It's about taking a time out to say, God, what do you want to do in my life? Allow me to pursue you with abandonment, to put my life back on the altar as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. For that it is his will and his desire for you in Christ Jesus. Isaiah 55 verse 6 closes like this. He says, seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he is near. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he is near. I'm going to ask that every eye is closed in this place. And if you're here this morning and you've actually never responded to the invitation that God gives to step into a relationship with him through Jesus Christ, through faith in Jesus Christ and the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. If you've never responded to that invitation, but you know that in your heart of hearts that there's this thirst and you believe that Jesus is the one that will satisfy it. I'm going to lead you in a prayer in just a second that simply says, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and that God raised him from the dead and that I can have a right relationship with God. If you've never done that this Thank you so much for listening to this message. We pray that you have received truth and have been encouraged. For more information about First Assembly, how to get connected, and to listen to our latest worship albums, please visit our website at www.fa.church.